0: Welcome to the Pendulum Insight Podcast. This is a show for deal makers in the blockchain business where we meet the players who are changing the game today and get their insight into everything from the red tape to the raise. This is your host, Colton Moffitt. Let's get started. Hey everybody, we're joined here today by Mark Anstead. He's a decentralization ambassador at Project Hydro and Project Hydro is a decentralized ecosystem using cutting edge cryptography to secure user accounts, identities, and transactions. Now we all know that's very important, particularly going into 2019, seeing more commercial use cases actually come online. So Mark, would you please just tell us a little bit more about yourself, how you got involved with blockchain related projects, and then we'll get into more of the detail about Project Hydro.
1: Sure, sounds good. First of all, nice to meet all of you. Uh, same to you, Colton, thanks for having me out here.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um I first got involved in, I guess, cryptocurrency in general back in 2014. That was when I, I guess I bought my first Bitcoin, not really even knowing what the heck it was. Um, and then about two years later, I had a, a sort of a, a weird situation going on in my personal life. I I got really, really sick. Um, I was bedridden for a few months actually. And during that time, I, I had to figure out what I actually wanted to do because I was a, I'm was an athlete, so I was always like out being very active. Um, so I had to figure out what I could do with all of that time. Um, so I started reading about what Bitcoin was and how uh, blockchain works or how these different types of blockchains work and the different use cases behind this technology because everyone's starting to hear about bitcoin cryptocurrency and they don't really understand i guess the underlying technology behind it which everyone is starting to hear about Mm -hmm. blockchain Um, so i started reading about uh, these different projects and really just started networking and learning from videos reading articles and getting an understanding about what is going on in this space and what these i guess these bright individuals are trying to do and not really disrupt i i sort of see it as revolutionize these different industries
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i guess in mid to late 2017 everything just started to completely explode as we all know mm-hmm. i i started to really really dig deep into um, a lot of these projects and spend a lot more time into what was going on so early 2018 i got involved uh with cryptocurrency investing and that was sort of how i i got involved in uh working with project hydro when they started to um I guess hire people for the decentralization ambassador position, mm-hmm. and so I obviously uh, applied, and I, I was lucky enough to to be one of the the few guys who've been chosen so far. I think we have eighteen uh, DAs.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: And I guess that's my. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. that was, there was a little bit of a uh, a lag there.
0: Oh, I just found that interesting. So tell us what it means to be a decentralization ambassador, particularly in the case of Project Hydro, how you got involved with that and and, you know more about the project how that works.
1: Sure, Uh, so uh, a decentralization ambassador is basically someone who is helping to run and guide not only the community but the project as a whole. So we are in charge of the layer two protocols that we'll probably dig a little bit deeper into later, as well as the layer two um, applications built using those protocols. So think of it as like applications that you might find on like the App Store or Google Play uh, that everyone is really familiar with, but they are considered uh, decentralized applications, which makes it a little bit different than having it run on like a single server.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. So I understand that security identity, this is the kind of core of what Project Hydro is addressing. Um, Those are big priorities. And the way that you guys are going about doing it is focusing on enabling developers from outside of your organization to quickly incorporate those kind of solutions into their own apps. So there, you know, this is an API focus. This is getting people to use this stuff so that they can take what this blockchain technology has to offer and apply it into mainstream software development, application development. So tell us about that decision to support the development community at large and why, you know, someone like yourself decided, Hey, I'm going to be a decentralization ambassador for this group.
1: Sure. Um, so I, as, I don't think I've explained it yet, but um, I guess Project Hydro was incubated or curated by Hydrogen Platform, uh, which is a company located in uh, Manhattan, New York, or Mm -hmm. New York City. Um, And they wanted this project to be built by the community and for the community. So all of these APIs are open source and free to integrate. And with that, they've, they've done like a, a pretty interesting thing that I don't, I don't think many of the other projects have done is built what we have called a HCDP program, which is the hydro community development program. So it's a wallet that is basically owned by the community. And it's about 15% of the total supply of the hydro token. and those tokens are allocated for completing like development tasks or uh, like building plugins or uh, different dApps. Like one of the ones that we have right now is to build a proof of concept dApp on Snowflake, which we'll probably get into a little bit later. Um, And so that wallet and this, I guess, this project as a whole is really meant to be for the community. It's not for our own good. It's to really help um, not only businesses, but the community to become more secure, whether it's through our APIs and help rebuild or not rebuild, but to strengthen the security of many of these businesses out there right now, because many of them are using, um, centralized um, security features like uh, one of the big reasons why hydro started was because of the Equifax hack mm. back in 2017 and all of those users information were just out there in the public mm. so the team wanted to figure out all right how can we use blockchain because they've been involved in the cryptocurrency and blockchain space for about six years now. And they wanted to figure out, all right, how can we use blockchain to help make not only businesses but just the end users information as secure as possible? And that's basically how Project Hydro um, was born.
0: Okay. Wow. So that is pretty ambitious. You know, when you talked about the term disruption versus revolutionizing something, obviously there's been a lot of hype in this space over the past couple of years. And there really, a lot of the time early on, it still was a bit of evangelical um, philosophy, not evangelical in the religious sense, but a lot of people going out there saying this is important because of some fundamental beliefs about political philosophy that they had, which I could relate to, but the average person, who didn't necessarily have that frame of reference They didn't want to deal with it at all. So now, you know, the term disruption has been very popular in the startup community and all that, but it's one thing to take, um, ride sharing, you know, and you're disrupting the concept of taxis and it's a whole different thing to start screwing with the global financial structures in place. You know, that's, yes. <laughs> that's where the term revolution starts to be Hey, maybe this applies. So that's, um, you know, as, as you've described what you guys are doing, it's, it is ambitious and it is, uh, difficult. So I want to grab onto one thing though, before we go further down that rabbit hole and you mentioned Snowflake as a development phase. Mm-hmm. And I know that you guys have got kind of a naming convention for your development phases. Would you just enlighten the audience on that a bit?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't want you guys to confuse our, our project with uh, like a, a big weather Um, forecast. Um, So we have a bunch of different phases and they're all related to, I guess, water, which is hydro. Mm -hmm. And so we have the first phase, which is raindrop. And that is a authentication protocol. The second phase is snowflake. And that is all about a digital identity. So We all have an identity, like a driver's license, a passport, and all of that information, even a social security number. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're going to be able to own that information through a, I, I guess, a digital ID that is stamped onto the blockchain. So we're able to own all of that information and can share it with who we choose, but everyone else out in the world, because it's stamped onto the blockchain obviously, can't see what that information is. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really helping to build the security for uh, these users who are giving out their information because, I mean, if I'm gonna go and give someone my driver's license, I'm not gonna just give it to some guy down the street. Um, like a lot of like ICOs and all that stuff are saying like, all right, we need all your personal information and you don't know who that's going to. I I have no clue. I want to be very careful with it. Um, So that's basically what Snowflake is. The next phase is ICE, which Hmm. is all about document management and document signing. So one of the things that a lot of people are very familiar with in the business world is DocuSign. And it's Similar in the aspect where you're going to be able to sign documents and stamp them onto the blockchain. So that is extremely beneficial, especially for financial documents. Mm -hmm. So all of these uh, public companies or publicly traded companies, they all have to share all of their financial statements, whether it's quarterly, um, I guess, annually, you name it they all have to share that information. Now, if you're able to stamp that on the blockchain, you know that down the line, that information isn't falsified or changed. Sure. It's impossible to do that. And if you go really far down the line, um, you'll essentially be able to, I guess, bypass having to have a a witness signature on, on certain documents because you're able to prove that it's you signing the document by using the authentication protocol and snowflake which is pretty awesome so if you're going in to sign really important documents whether it's like a bank or getting insurance um, everyone always has to have a witness signature i don't i don't think that's going to change in five ten years but that's definitely something that's going to be different down the road because of this distributed, um, technology. Gotcha. Um, so then our fourth phase is tied and that is a payment protocol. So you're going to be able to build uh, recurring payments using smart contracts and, um, having like scheduled payments using smart contracts, hmm. which is one of the, the really big things with, um, I guess Bitcoin and Ethereum right now—it's one of the big problems, actually, because you can't have a recurring payment using Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. and that's been one of the, I guess, big struggles to make Bitcoin or Ethereum into, I guess, this big one-world currency that all these, um, I guess, big wigs in the uh, cryptocurrency community are saying that it's going to be. And I, I think that's one of the the big hurdles that um, it's going to encounter. So you'll be able to pay for like Netflix or your, I don't know, your, I guess, bills every month um, by using smart contracts and using the multi-currency wallet that we're going to be developing. And then our fifth phase is missed. And that, we haven't released that much information about it yet, but it will be an AI protocol that allows you to build a bunch of different dApps um, and deploy them to our dApp store. Mm-hmm. The final phase is Hale, and that is a security tokenization platform where you can build, trade, and sell security tokens.
0: Mm. Okay, well, that's going to be fun to dig into. So, thank you for explaining that. Um, It definitely gives some context, and I can see how you guys are playing that out and why it's going in the order that it's going in. So, can you just clarify for me where you're at right now and what's already functional and available? People can go start working with it versus what is on the horizon for the next couple years. Sure.
1: So, right now, uh, Raindrop is already finished, and it is live on our application. We have a bunch of different people who have already integrated the, uh, the API, and it's live on their platforms, and that is our um, MFA authentication, so you have to, it's similar to like Google Authenticator or Authy, but it is decentralized, and it actually helps to prevent the end user from being fished. Okay. Um, that's one of the, the big issues with um, Google Authenticator and Authy. Um, mm-hmm. So if you log on to like Binance or something like that, it'll always say like, make sure you're on this website. Right. Uh, so the way that's um, built is it actually helps to protect that. Cool. And Snowflake is about to be released. It's going to be live on the main net soon. And if you don't know what that means, that means that it's going to be, functioning on the Ethereum blockchain. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to have its own uh, network. It's going to be functioning on the Ethereum network. Um, And that is currently in testnet. We already have dApps that are built and deployed onto the testnet. Um, The developers are just, I guess, ironing out some stuff before it is officially deployed. Um, And that should be it should be coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in the coming months, uh, we will have ICE released. Uh, we will also have the Hydro D app store, which means all these different D apps that people are building on top of these APIs and protocols will be able to be deployed onto this D app store, mm. um, which is going to be really really cool because all of these um different phases are all incorporated into one application which is like the hydro app which is on the app store and google play gotcha um so then i guess further down the road i think uh quarter three of 2019 this year uh tied or excuse me Second quarter of 2019, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, second quarter of 2019, Tide is going to be released. And that is, as I mentioned before, the payment protocol. Yeah. The third quarter of 2019 is missed. And then by the end of the year, we should have Hail, which is the security
0: tokenization
1: platform,
0: um, mm. all completed. That's aggressive. Uh, how many people are working on this right now? since you've opened it up, it's open source, I mean, it's fairly sized community?
1: So, the actual protocols, we have, um, I think, seven full-time developers, mm-hmm. and those are all the, maybe it's six, I can't remember off the top of my head, but the protocol team members are the ones who are actually building the protocol, mm-hmm. and then, essentially, the community and all the developers out there are helping to fine tune all of the plugins and all of that stuff to, I guess, get everything functioning properly on the, I guess, the front end. Sure. Um, which I, I think is a really cool way of doing things because it helps decentralize the whole. Um, the whole process of building the platform and these different protocols right so it 's not really just one set organization doing it. We can have a bunch of different people from all over the world and we 're in contact with a, i, I don 't know the specific number of developers, but we're we're talking and working with a bunch of different um, developer teams all around the world right now mm. um, to help build this. The, these products.
0: Awesome. So if you're listening to this right now and you are in the you know, kind of development side of things, whether you're set up a team and you're on the software side or you're looking for some of the solutions that can be provided by Hydro, that is something that you can actually get involved with within the coming quarters. So when you talked about MFA and your different authentication solutions, that has been a real problem within the past year with the SIM swapping. I, I just talked to somebody who um, someone they were working with directly just lost a ton because of SIM swap. It was well into the seven figures in US dollar terms. So with that being relevant and a very ugly problem from a PR perspective, let alone just practical adoption. What are you guys doing from that perspective? Cause I know you said it's helping to prevent phishing. Um, but just tell us more about how you came to that focus, uh, you know, what you think of the whole SIM swap issue and how, what you're doing might address that.
1: Uh, Well, I, I, I just want to touch on one thing. First of all, that sucks. That is brutal that someone lost that. Um, I, I have a couple of buddies of mine who've, who've lost a a nice chunk of money. Um, whether it was from one of these like scams going around and that's one of the big issues is is trust. Mm. Uh, in this whole, I guess, world right now. And we have to, I think, move into more of a um, technology or system that we're using and implementing. And with this MFA or this authentication protocol, it'll be really pretty revolutionary for what you're going to be able to do with it. Um, For example, um, if you're just trying to um, use like a credit card, for example. Um, People lose their credit cards all the time. People always are losing money. Thankfully, I haven't done that yet, knock on wood. Um,
0: (laughs) Don't say that, man.
1: (laughs) Oh, I know. But one of the things you'll, you'll be able to do with Raindrop is you want to go and uh, pay with your credit card and what you can do is you can have the credit card linked up with the api from raindrop and build it do like a custom implementation Mm -hmm. and i guess use your thumbprint on your phone to be able to use your credit card Mm -hmm. so if you lose your credit card and you don't have your phone you're not the actual person buying something whether it's like online or in a store that transaction won't go through Uh, you can also like unlock um a vehicle using raindrop like one of the things i think it was um tesla was having a lot of issues i think it was uh mid to late last year where uh people were starting to hack into like tesla vehicles (laughs) and start them remotely oh yeah and that's going to be one of the big issues with um automated cars or autonomous cars right and so what you would i guess be able to do is build a um an application where you could unlock your vehicle using raindrop Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that you can do with it. It's very, and along with all the other uh, protocols that are being built, they're very, very open architecture. So if there's something that comes to your mind that you think that you could possibly do, there's a really good chance that you can do it. Um, Because when Hydrogen Platform, the company, uh, first built Hydro, it was for the... Um, the end goal of having an open source suite of APIs that were built on the blockchain for fintech and financial services. Mm. Now, the way that it's being built is you can do it far beyond just fintech and financial services. Yeah. You can do it for a ton of different things, uh, sort of how I have uh, mentioned. Yeah, and, and that's one of the, the beauty is about having it being open sourced and um, allowing essentially anybody to do what they want with it, and I think that'll be really, really special uh, moving forward to seeing a lot of different applications and helping to not only make just us more secure, but allow us to be able to trust the businesses that we're working with and. Um, I guess, whether we have our information or money with them, uh, allow us to trust them.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I, I understand that if you've started with an intent to make this work for the fintech or the financial institution side of things, then that's um, it's a good position to have started from because that is one of the more critical, aside from health records and things pertaining to court or government process, that would be probably the most demanding in terms of compliance, in terms of being a target, everything after that is a little bit easier. So with that being said, I think as you mentioned, the focus has been on the financial side of things. Do you see that being probably the the main use case rolling into 2019,
1: 2020? Um, I think it will probably start off with that is that's been the core of the I guess the integration partners and people that we've been working with and that hydrogen has been working with. Um, I think that will most likely be the, uh, the main types of organizations that we'll be working with Mm -hmm. probably for the most part, people who are already in blockchain and have an understanding of it because uh, educating people about what blockchain is and how it can benefit you and your organization that's a whole nother ball game. Right. Um, and that is something that we're, we're we are tackling and we're um, helping to educate people through.
0: Sure. Uh, that's a big thing of it in itself, like you said, and there are fortunately now some organizations whose entire purpose is that. Um, and I have had some interesting conversations with some of them. So partnerships with those organizations that could be big, um, you know, and I, I understand that, that's something that you're doing internally as well. Having the open source side of things, having it uh, be a community that people can come and get involved with, that also really does help, particularly as you try to build relationships with developers who are not necessarily coming from a background where they were already familiar with blockchain. They're not slapping blockchain developer on their LinkedIn. They are from a more traditional background, even if they're at the cutting edge of things, they're just not involved with blockchain and you're giving them a way to do that via the API. So within the financial context though, there is a, not just an emphasis on, but a, an actual need for KYC AML compliance. So know your customer, anti-money laundering stuff. That's a big challenge right now in the blockchain space in general, but particularly it's a sticking point for regulated financial institutions within the United States and, and many other countries that are at that level. So. You guys chose to take that on rather than some lower-hanging fruit. Um, I often pick on the CryptoKitties guys. It's not fair. They did something pretty cool, too. But, you know, it's a different thing. So would you say that you're comfortable saying that that aspect of it is ready or will be fully trustworthy, you know, 99.9% trustworthy by the end of this coming year?
1: For Are you referring to
0: Snowflake? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to keep track of it all, but um, the the KYC AML stuff.
1: Yes, Identity so okay. yes, um, and we already have a bunch of people who have agreed to not only build on Snowflake. Some of them we can't really announce yet, sure. um, but we already have people who have agreed to do this, and um, you're able to see how the uh, how the protocol is built since it is open source right. and you're able to store all of this information on your application and the people who have built the app aren't able to like backdoor into your information to see what you've uploaded and stuff like that right. so it is trustworthy so from day 1 it will be 100% trustworthy um, and then that's the beauty of it because we don't want to be responsible for that information. That's right. that That would be, that would put us liable on that stuff. And that's not, I would assume that's not something that we want to deal with. Um, yeah. I don't think that's something anybody wants to deal with because that was one of the big issues with, uh, with Equifax. Right. Not only was their stock just crushed, but, Everyone was like, "Oh, that's just something you have to deal with." Like, that's. It was really disappointing to see everyone's sentiment towards the hack and and how it impacted pe- not only people's like personal lives but, um, yeah. their information. You don't want to have that.
0: That's huge, and that's one thing that I find interesting about what you guys are doing, and I certainly don't mean to downplay it. In fact, I'm trying to emphasize what a big deal it is to have a technological solution to that issue that isn't just throwing money at the security problem because I've worked a lot with guys in the infosec space and the running joke is that it's, it's not really a solvable problem. It's just an, an arm race. It's an arms race, right? And some of my good friends have made a great career out of being paid to break into these institutions and show them how they did it and then the, the whole fun of the conferences is, is every single year they find new ways to break in and make a whole talk about it. So in the meantime, the rest of us are being required to upload a, you know, a copy of our passports and you know put in our social security and all this stuff to participate in modern society and the conveniences that it offers. And yet, even the vendors used by the government, which no surprise there, um, they can't keep track of this stuff in a way that's actually trustworthy. So look at office personnel management. That was, I want to say, 2016 or something. All of these records of government employees, even some of them working on classified projects, it's just out there. It's out there. It's purchasable. So to be able to address that problem without taking a a, a stance where you're actually going to say, Hey, look, we're going to hold that information. We're going to secure it. And then, having some third party vendor for some small part of your infrastructure ends up being the access point for that. That's, um, an interesting intellectual challenge. And it's, it's cool to see that there's, you know, groups like yours working on that. So you talked earlier about the development of a digital securities STO type platform at the, you know, Hail was the yes. that reference. That's a pretty big, um, that's a pretty big bite to chew on as well. So, talk to us about what Hydro brings to the table that makes that something that you know people should be looking forward to versus the other platforms that are out there right now for that.
1: Sure. So, one of the, I guess, the main platforms that people know about right now um, that deal with this whole industry is Polymath and T Zero. Those are two some of the the really main platforms or projects that are diving into um, securities and that whole aspect. (laughs) Now, with Polymath, you're able to build a security token. Now, I just have to say kudos to them because they have, I guess, opened up a whole can of worms for uh, bringing on this education about what a security token is and how you're able to do that. Mm-hmm. But some of the issues that we're seeing with that is there isn't a, um, like an identity standard behind that. Um, there isn't a, a, a set organization that they're working with to help with KYC. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, with Hale, what's the second phase that we are working with? I'm going to quiz you really quick.
0: <laughs> well, it's 2.43 in the morning where I am, so spare me. Oh, fair story. enough. Is it Snowflake? So I think the second stuff, one? Yes, okay. it is
1: Snowflake. So that, gotcha. that deals with all of like the KYC and AML stuff. Yeah. So we're tying all of our previous APIs and phases in that we've already built into Hale. So all we're really going to have to do is just build the front end, like the UI and all of that stuff which is going to all be built through HCDP task, which is the Hydrogen or Hydro Community Development Program. Mm -hmm. And we're going to reward developers, pay them in Hydro tokens for helping out developing the platform, whether it's Hale or any of the other um, phases that we're building. And that's going to be starting... This year and going to be going throughout all of 2019, okay. and the goal is to be finished with that by the end of 2019.
0: Okay, so that's that's the big target for the year. Uh, would you just refresh our memories to as to how the fundraising has been done for Hydro so far? I mean, I know you said you got hired on fairly early on. What was that like? Did you guys do an ICO? What, what was that whole process? Sure.
1: Um, so there was no ICO. Never raised a dime. Um, by any initial investors Um, it was I guess the token was essentially created from scratch okay and um, basically built this project out from nothing through self funding Mm. um, because it essentially started out originally by hydrogen the company and the goal was to decentralize it and make it so it's not like all of these other platforms out there, make it similar to like um, maybe Ethereum and stuff like that, where you have developers helping with uh, building the code, building D apps on top of it um, and not really have it all centered, I guess, built in on just a couple central figures. We want to have it dispersed out and essentially have this built by the people. Um, we don't want it to just be just a few people building this platform and um, depending on just one or two people. Sure. If that makes
0: sense. It does. It does. So why don't you um, maybe just tell us more about that? that distinction between hydrogen, the company, hydrogen platform and project hydro. Now you explained to me the difference between the, the layer four where it's the company and then Project Hydro itself being layer two. Just tell us more about what that means and how it all fits together.
1: Sure, so I guess to start from the beginning, um, Project Hydro is a uh, layer two protocol. So if something is a layer one, it's on a main network like Ethereum, um, Litecoin or all the other like blockchain networks okay. so hydro is built on top of ethereum mm-hmm. and it has all these different protocols whether it's Raindrop, snowflake ice etc mm-hmm. and so those are all of the layer two protocols the layer three are all of the decentral decentral the d apps i was trying to um i was getting a little bit of a tongue twister there It's all the DApps that are built on top of the Hydro APIs. Okay. Then The layer four is the companies or the different uh, projects that are built using, whether it's like the DApps or the APIs. Mm -hmm. So Hydrogen is one of those companies. We can have X amount of companies or different projects building on top of them. Um, it it doesn't really matter how many there are, or how few there are. Um, so hydrogen is just one of the companies. I think they are the only company right now. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see more popping up.
0: Sure. Okay. That's cool. That makes sense. And that way, you know, if you're, if you're watching this and you go look up hydrogen and you look up project hydro, you could actually think of it as, um, the proof of concept it is also the organization behind it. So you can see it is working, everything that they're doing, they're using, and it's, um, you know, it's a productive, functional enterprise. So that's cool. Now at pendulum insight, you know, we emphasize partnership development and I understand that you guys have had some good partnerships too. So why don't you tell us about one that worked out well for you and why you think that was such a positive experience?
1: Um, I'll say one that I helped to uh, create personally, um, and I, I think that's going to be one that's going to be helpful down the road. Um, and that one was with Swift Blockchain. And so, if you're watching, how's it going, guys? Um, but uh, I, I think that was one of the one of the key, I guess, partnerships or um, integration partners that we've added on over the last month or two so they'll be integrating both raindrop and snowflake and they'll be building a d-app on snowflake that they'll be using for their platform and they'll be deploying it to our d-app store um so that i, I think that was one of the one of the cool things that i i've done personally and i think that'll be a really awesome um partner to have because they have a a ton of users on their platform using their their exchange Mm. um and uh yeah i mean we're we're happy to have them on there
0: awesome uh so swift blockchain was that what you said yes and is that swift like referencing the payment system or or is swift just uh like as in fast like any old adjective or what
1: um, I believe it's supposed to be like for fast. I don't know specifically. Maybe you can ask them. Uh, it's yeah. not spelled the same way. It's S W F T. It's basically where you can go and uh, exchange like any token or coin um, for the gotcha. cheapest price possible. Okay. Um, on like a bunch of different exchanges.
0: Gotcha. Okay, good to know. Well, that's an interesting one. So, what kind of partnerships in general do you see being most valuable for Hydro going into this year? Um, now that we're just kicking things off, and you know, what would be the ideal model? What benefits would it offer to everybody involved?
1: Sure. Um, I, I think one of the 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 two big ones I think would obviously be Raindrop and Snowflake. That's just in my opinion. There's obviously benefits to the other ones as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think Initially, a lot of people will need help with uh, onboarding users using Snowflake or some of like the D apps on um, that are being deployed onto our our D app store. So we already have like a, a few um, KYC partners who are going to be
0: building
1: apps. So, um, for example, if you're going to uh, to use like an ICO or like participate in an ICO, an STO, something like that, or going to a bank, you can be essentially onboarded instantly mm. by using Snowflake. Um, so if you're, um, if you're going to sign up for something initially, you have to obviously go through the, I guess the whole protocol of, uh, being onboarded and having them check your information and confirm it, sure. but the next time you do it, whether it 's through like a third party company, you 'd be onboarded, snap your fingers. It would be instant so that 's one of the big benefits. so like a lot of banks who take like days, months, weeks <laughs> to get you into their system, yeah you 'd be able to do it instantly. Okay. Um, so that's one of the really big benefits is um, to help with uh, bringing more users onto a platform, doing it in a secure fashion. Mm. Um, obviously, with Raindrop, so essentially any website where you have to log in, yeah, that's something where it can be applied, and you can integrate it in as little as an hour. Uh, we have like a bunch of different plugins. Um, hmm. On different websites that uh, that you can build using, um, and you can use those plugins and do a few calls to the API and you're good now oh. if you have to do like a custom um, integration, then it might be a little bit longer, yeah. but it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be too much of a hassle
0: um, okay, so if you're listening right now and you're actually working with a, you know, a development shop or, you know, a company that is offering a similar thing, but you don't have this piece in place. Um, if you're working with exchanges or working with financial institutions, FinTech service providers, and particularly if you have a development team that wants to offer this capability and, you know, you don't want to do it in house or you think that you should test an alternative, then you know, reach out, talk to Mark. This is a good opportunity. If you're in the business development side and you can better serve your clients and your users by integrating something like this, it's a good time to get involved. You know, it's the beginning of the year. Try out something new. So, you know, these kinds of partnerships where they're serving your, your ultimate end user client type, that's good. Now, of course, there's always risks and you're in business development yourself. So, What do you find most concerning or risky about strategic partnerships in this space?
1: Um, I would say is probably being able to trust the other organization that they have um, not only your best interest at, I guess at heart, but um, also the community behind us um, because there are a lot of, scams out there. And there are a lot of people who are just looking for their own self-interest and not for, uh, for others. Um, like we'll, I think it's like every week or month we're seeing other types of scams or, um, I guess exit scams popping up and you don't want to be a part of those organizations. Um, because we're still early on. Um, In what we're building I would say we're still early on Um, So we don't want to have that bad press Um, so I I guess it's doing our due diligence on some of these other platforms that they're Trying to do the best good for not only our community, but theirs Mm. Um, because if we're announcing like an integration partner we want to make sure that our community can go and use that platform, that exchange, that website, uh, or like a different offering, you name it. We want them to know that we have their best interest at
0: hand. Sure. That's the challenge in this particular, I mean, really there's a challenge in any industry, but one thing I've talked a lot about with other guests is just the magnet, that this entire blockchain space is for just the smoothest white collar criminals the world has ever seen, because it's again, that intersection of finance and technology, and also, you know, a sort of disposition toward regulation that is grounded in the philosophical background of the original, you know, kind of founders of this whole thing. So because of that environment, and the inclination to resist any kind of regulation and the fact that it is kind of going against or or maneuvering around the traditional finance, you know, your, your government regulators, it makes it a breeding ground for scams. You know, the worst frauds that you could imagine because what you don't want to be regulated? Well, then when you call the people who would normally help you, they're not so inclined to help. It makes you a perfect victim. You know, the the worst position to be in if you're going to be a victim of crime is one that the regulators do not want to help. And that being said, that puts a huge burden for due diligence on everybody in this space. You know, a few bad apples have spoiled a lot of the bunch and there's a lot of bad PR and a lot of negativity surrounding everything at the end of 2018. And we're hoping to see a little bit of a clean slate, going into this new year, people are rather forgetful in this day and age, (laughs) you know, so we're hoping to see good things, but what we can't forget, those of us who are involved, is that those scams happened because people didn't bother taking a second look. There was kind of the fear of missing out, I'm gonna jump on this thing, we're gonna announce this partnership, we're gonna put our money into this project, otherwise we're gonna miss out on this ability to just get rich overnight. So, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you don't want to have that, of course. So what I like to ask is, in the time that you've been involved, you know, is there somebody that you actually hold in such a high regard that you'd recommend them without hesitation? And this is for the benefit of people listening and looking for voices and insight they can trust. So if you had to grab a name out of your memory of your experience over the past year or longer, who can they trust?
1: Um, I would say two people. Um, and there are uh, two individuals that I've been working a lot with recently. Um, one who, who is the CEO of hydrogen and that's Mike Kane. Mm-hmm. He is, I would say probably overly transparent about what he's doing and, um, within the company and, um, I guess to the, the hydro community. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, really respect that. Um, that's something that you don't really see every day um, when you're that involved and that busy, you're always trying to look out and um, say things to the community, being active, whether it's on social media or like in the telegram group, Yeah, um, always like responding to like people's questions. Um, I, I really, really respect that. So like I, I have a lot of um, a lot of trust and respect in him in that regard. Um, The other I would say is Jeff Kurdikas. He's one of the guys who I first got like pretty involved with in the cryptocurrency space. Um, He just launched his own little um, platform uh, for, I guess, uh, rewarding content creators. Yeah. And he has always been extremely open and trustworthy since day one. And one of the things that I learned when I was really, really young was from my parents, and they said it is really, really hard to gain someone, someone's trust, but you can lose it in an instant. Mm. Um, and that couldn't be more true in this space. Yeah, um, I, I mean, if you look back to I think it was twenty twelve with Mount Gox. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that was. Pardon my French, but that was a shit storm, uh, <laughs> and people lost so much trust in the entire cryptocurrency space for a really, really long time. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, over the last like year or two, people are somewhat hesitant because there are a lot of exit scams. Um, right. You have to be able to to have a trusted community of individuals. Um, And we have people who are shilling different projects for their own benefit. Uh, People who are getting tattoos on their back. I'm not going to say who it is, but I think we all know. Um, And just trying to do things for their own Mm self-interest. And um, those are people who I always say you want to avoid. um, Because they're not looking for your best not trying to be honest with you they're they're being paid money to do something so they're probably going to do it um and i i really don't like that aspect i always like the people who you can just reach out to and just say like hey can i get your opinion on this is does this look good like what do you think about it and um and they can just say yeah that that looks pretty solid or I would probably stay away from that. That doesn't look too good. Yeah. Um, so those are two of the guys that I would say that I've been able to, to hands down, trust um, in this industry.
0: Yeah, that's cool. You know, I had a chance to chat with Jeff. Um, super bright guy, very nice. Uh, Uptrend is the platform that you're yep. referencing. Uptrend, I think, just launched um, on the first. So yesterday. Yep. I think. Um, yep. I posted a couple things on there. Everybody go, look, like those things, upvote me, and get my upvote. <laughs> <laughs> but really, it's it's cool. I mean, it is, um, I think it was kind of, you know, when, when somebody mentioned it to me, it was Ben Leff, uh, who, who I've met. He introduced you to me, right? So, yes. Ben's great. Uh, We're working together more. And he was saying, look, it's kind of like Reddit and Steemit combined. And it does have those features. And it's really cool what they're doing there. So go check out Uptrend. It's with two N's. Um, You know, we always want to find people who are actually doing something good. You know, I was talking to Ben when he was on the podcast about how this is a good time for the involvement in projects that are actually doing kind of a social good, you know, fundamentally like Bitcoin is a great example of one that has social benefits in a lot of ways. There are a lot of projects that are going to benefit people. Um, even what you guys are doing. Yes. It's um, probably most marketable to FinTech companies right now that need to integrate the services and, you know, but again, giving people the ability to control their identity or at least have a, even a slight less chance of it being exposed every single time there's a breach. It has social good. It has, some some real world use and that's good because so much of what we saw in the end of 2017 and throughout 2018 were things that it, it kind of looks in retrospect like a lot of them just wanted to raise some cash and then had no real intention of going to market with anything so it's hard to find who you should be able to trust if you're just on the outside looking in and like you know i appreciate you being willing to name some names of people that are worthy of trust because you need that kind of credibility, you know, that kind of social credibility within this space. And that's what we like to get into on the podcast. But we also like to talk about your favorite deal story. So let's hear yours, whether it was a negotiation, leverage, serendipity, what stands out in your mind that's going to teach everybody a lesson that we can take from this?
1: Hmm. Um. Hmm. I would say probably I I, I want to start off with I guess how the deal started and sure. I guess sort of give like a tip of advice that had benefited me through the deal.
0: Yeah.
1: Um was networking and it's obviously one of the big things that you're doing and building partnerships um and networking I think is the biggest key to um, building some of these partnerships and being able to leverage different things uh, like with when you're haggling, I love haggling it's a lot of fun <laughs> um, and uh, I, I think building like a personal relationship with someone is probably the most important thing, not just jumping into the business side of things going and like talking to them like learning about who they are, maybe like what some of their interests um, maybe
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, those are I I think some of the important things because if you're just going in gung-ho for business then you're probably not going to be as successful especially if you're in business development yeah Um, because you want to be able to get to know get to know the person and connect with them because when you can connect with someone and build a relationship there is a really, really strong chance that you're going to be able to work something out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I'll go back to that deal that I made with, uh, with Swift. Yeah. Um, I would say that, uh, well, to give a little background about um, Hydro, we've never paid for really any listing on any exchange. Mm. Um, And, One of the cool things that we have is that HCDP program where people can be a part of development, whether you're just in the hydro community or working for another project. You can be a part of our development and you can develop different things and it can actually end up helping your own project. And so that ended up being part of the deal with SWIFT. Uh, because we couldn't really pay to be like listed on their exchange and do all of that. So what I did is I went up to them and I was like, well, if we can't do this and pay to be on your exchange, well, how about this? How about we um, use hydro as um, part of an HCDP task and pay you in that regard? And it's basically a win-win in that situation because they're getting a product that they need and that will be extremely beneficial to them. Yeah. But at the same time, we are building our ecosystem and we are increasing the DApps and developers around our platform, which I think is um, really important. Um, but I, I think that was probably one of the the cool deals that I sort of finagled. Um, I know there is a lot that I'm a lot of different projects, exchanges, and stuff like that that I'm I'm talking to right now. I one of them I really hope goes through. It's not even a uh, a blockchain project um, mm. or in the cryptocurrency space, um, but that won't even probably come to light until later this year if it even does Um, because we're just like in the early talking phases right now but we'll we'll see what happens with that I'll I'll cross cross my
0: fingers (laughs) that's that's good and I hope that it does work out and when it does we can talk about it again we'll have you back so you know what you just described though is so important because for yourself or myself you know we're talking about business development talking about partnerships I am not generally the guy that's going to sit down and code something. Um, I can sort of read it, but I I don't really write it. So there are a lot of us who are like that technical enough, but maybe we have to sit and read a white paper before we look at doing a partnership with the company. Um, We have to do some pretty extensive due diligence before making an introduction. There is a lot that goes into business development in this space and there's a lot of ways to burn your reputation. So, it's, it's so, Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, you know, it comes with its own challenges. It's not as technically challenging as what other people are doing, but it definitely has its own challenges and its own risks. So one thing I want to say is just, you know, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Um, what I would like to offer is if you have anybody, if there's a specific person or a kind of a profile that you would like to meet up with or work with, then we could make that introduction myself or the audience. Who would that be?
1: Um, you know, I, I actually don't like the way that, uh, like, you centered that. Because there's not, like, a specific person that I would want to work with or um, talk to. Sure. Uh, I always like talking to basically anybody about um, working together. I'm, I'm always open to discussing different opportunities. Because I, I think that is... The the key to success is if you always have an open mind about who you're talking to and things that you can not only gain from them, maybe that you can give to them, then then you'll be really successful. If you have like a closed mind about where you're headed and who you want to work with, then things might not turn out uh, as you plan. Maybe they will, but I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're out there and you are interested in talking, I'm always happy to discuss things, whether it's just about sports or about blockchain or cryptocurrency um, or anything in general, like I'm always happy to talk. Um, and I, I don't think there's one specific person um, that I would want to to work with. I I could definitely name like a bunch of people that it would be a lot of fun to do. Um, but one person in, in specific, I don't think there is one. I, I always like to keep an open mind. That's something that I've, I've always had in the business world. Um, sure. is, so,
0: yeah. You know what? Nobody has liked that question. I'm just going to throw it out. <laughs> um, no, and that, it's good, though. I mean, it's really good to have an open mind. And that's something that I'm glad you emphasized. And what you said before, actually, about one of the deals you're working on is with an organization that is not really blockchain focused or related. And that's something that I'm personally looking at a lot as well. There's plenty of benefit to be had doing partnership deals and cross promotions and service integrations within the blockchain space. But in terms of actually getting any kind of major commercial adoption or awareness, the partnerships need to be with organizations outside of this space. You know, those are the big partnerships. That's going to be uh, what makes a huge difference. And going into 2019, I hope to see a lot more of those. I hope to facilitate a lot of those. And, you know, it's, as you said, being open-minded, being willing to talk about all things from sports, to finance, to blockchain related things, that is going to be what gets the mind turning, what gets the relationships and the introductions made. Because if we all just keep talking to each other, um, then it's, uh, it's kind of good from a hipster perspective, but it's not so great from actually getting anywhere. So any final words of wisdom you'd like to share with everybody who's listening right now?
1: Um, I think I've mentioned it a little bit throughout here or throughout our, our conversation. But um, if you're in business development or you're looking to partnerships, uh, the big key word is networking. Um, never stop trying to either meet new people or introduce yourself because you never know somewhere down the line, if it, even if it's not a project or a company that you're working with right now, always leave, um, a conversation on a good note or always, um, create like a solid connection with someone. Mm-hmm. whether it, there can be a, a ton of different things that you can connect on um, but you never know like somewhere down the line maybe you need to get a job maybe there's a a new project or organization that you're working with in five years down the line and maybe you could benefit from what they have and that will really really start to benefit you um, maybe just in the future but definitely or, in the present I mean uh, yeah. it'll definitely benefit you in the present but it can even benefit you in the future which is something that that's really important um, that I don't think a lot of people focus on um, so sure. just networking building your connections um, definitely have a LinkedIn profile if you don't have one already yeah um, I think those are some of the basics
0: <laughs> sure well, you know it's it's a good reminder and it's important. Uh, it's important when it comes to networking. Um, you know, some people find it a bit of a dirty word, but really let's, let's call it what it is. You know, if it's important that you do it all the time and not just when you need something, because if you just do it, when you need something, then you're that person that nobody really wants to talk to. Right. Because actually it's coming, you're, you're being selfish. Um, you're adding a little bit of value, a little too late in the process. And it's kind of like jumping right in for a marriage when, they don't even know your name yet, so be always having these conversations. Be introducing yourself. And Mark, if they want to introduce themselves to you and to Project Hydro, how can they do it? Where should they go?
1: Um, you can go onto our website, ProjectHydro.org. Um, I'm one of the team members on there. You can go down there, connect with me on LinkedIn, send me an email. Uh, you can also join our Telegram group. Um, I'm pretty active on there so Mm -hmm. you can go on there and if you say like hey mark what's up man um like i'd love to talk to you Mm -hmm. and we can connect um we also have a discord um definitely like follow us on twitter getting updates and stuff like that um beyond that i I think that that would be uh that's definitely the best routes to try and get in touch with me and maybe um Connect with Colton, and we can go from there. He can give me a little introduction.
0: Perfect. All right, guys. So you can find all of that stuff through ProjectHydro.org. Thanks again, Mark Anstead. Everybody, he's a decentralization ambassador for Project Hydro. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Hopefully, that deal works out. Thank you for listening to the Pendulum Insight podcast. If you learned something today and you want to know more, go check out PendulumInsight.com.